You're listening to Hive Hoops, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. Here's your host, Joshua Balta. This was one of the easiest losses to call in all of my years of watching the Hornets. I feel like we've all been waiting for the Hornets to play how we envisioned they would without LaMelo once Terry went down and then Cody being gone since the first minute that he stepped on a court this season. And we finally got exactly that. And we got all of it in one game Friday evening. And the worst thing about it is that it came against a bad team, a winless Magic team, who it doesn't really matter who the Hornets have. I mean, they can't be missing the entire roster. But, yeah, down two or three guys against a Magic squad that's missing five of their own rotational players. And then to just get demolished like that, it doesn't matter who's out there. The Hornets have to come away with a victory. They have to be ready. They have to know that the Magic are hungry for a win as well. And so you can't let that team jump on you like that. A winless team, young team, looking for their first victory of the season, you can't allow them to jump on you the way the Hornets did. Nothing was going for them. Charlotte. First quarter, 19 points. It was ugly. Defense played well. Held the Magic to 22 in the first quarter. That's extremely respectable. Even if the Magic are missing multiple starters, multiple rotation players. But as ugly as the first quarter was, then we get to the second quarter. And the Hornets said, hold my beer. 11 points offensively in the second quarter for the Hornets. What is going on? 30 at the half against the Magic. Against the Magic, who have given up 126, 113, given up over 100 points each game. And then now they're missing some of their players, and the Hornets can only post 30 points. In a half, it was atrocious. And yet all at the same time, it was expected, at least for me. I I felt this way. I said it in last episode. I felt like the Hornets were going to struggle in this game. This was a classic Hornets loss incoming. And it bore out. It bore out. Down 21 at the half. To the magic, to the winless magic, missing five rotation players. That cannot happen. You let a young team who flows completely on emotion, the magic don't know how to win in the league, especially who they had out there playing for them. They don't know how to win in the NBA. So they're going to ride emotion. They're going to ride those highs. If they have a lead, They're going to play confidently, and they did. We saw the Magic hitting shots, throwing oops. They had one healthy point guard available. One. They had multiple different guys bringing the ball up. Bancaro, Bol Bol brought it up a few times. Had Terrence Ross bring it up. 
to get them into their sets. And they were still functioning at a high level. The Hornets wanted to turn the magic over. They wanted to apply pressure because without any ball handlers, without anybody who could confidently control the ball and get the magic offense into its sets, the Hornets wanted to apply pressure. The Hornets only turned the magic over 12 times. A young magic team with only one healthy point guard, the Hornets only turned them over 12 times. The Hornets turned the ball over 14 times in comparison with healthy point guards. Now, are the Hornets completely healthy? No. But we've seen some good performances out of Dennis Smith Jr., out of Teo Maladon. Kelly Oubre's been playing well. Didn't last night. My goodness. Length plagued the Hornets. And so maybe the Magic's what was seemingly going to be a negative coming into the game with none of their point guards healthy and available to go, maybe that ended up being a positive for them. They were lengthy. They were long. And it messed with the Hornets offensively. The Hornets were leading the league in three-point percentage, not taking the most, but leading the league in three-point percentage. They shot 29% Friday night from three. That's not going to cut it. Not going to win many games shooting 29% from three and then not really having an inside presence at the same time. We got bad Ubre Friday night. Went two of 10 from three. We got bad PJ Washington. I posted in the middle of the third quarter, PJ had zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, and three blocks. In the middle of the third quarter against the Orlando Magic, in a game where you need to step up and play well and be aggressive, that was the stat line for P.J. Washington in the middle of the third quarter. Now, to end the game, here's P.J.'s stat line from last night. Five points. One rebound, zero assists, zero steals, and three blocks. That cannot happen. We need more from you, PJ. Bad Plumley. Really, I mean, just name three players Ubre, Washington, and Plumley. But there really wasn't a Hornet that stood out that was really doing good things. The whole effort, the whole night was just bad. Hornets got down early and started chucking threes early in the shot clock. It's as if once the Hornets went down 10 and the Magic were feeling themselves a little bit, the Hornets were just taking bad shots, bad decisions. Early in the shot clock, trying to chip away and reel the game back in. And the shots weren't falling. The de- the decisions didn't get better. Bancaro was doing a little bit of everything for the Magic. 
He finished with 21, 12, and 7 on the night. He was essentially their point guard. Bol Bol had 11 and 7. We haven't seen much of Bol Bol since he entered the league. He's in Denver. Never could really see the floor, even though you could see his abilities in the limited moments that he was on the floor, just could never really crack that rotation in Denver. Maybe he's found a home in Orlando. Mo Bamba had a little bit of a get-back game at Steve Clifford. It's been documented how those two didn't really get along. They didn't see eye-to-eye so much in Orlando. Mo Bamba with 19-6 and three blocks last night. Looked like he had a lot of confidence out there on the floor. And I think he I think he enjoyed playing uh, Old Clifford. He's smiling a lot, and that didn't mean good things for the Hornets. With all that being said, the Hornets just cannot lose this game, man. They cannot. There are plenty of losses on the schedule already. You look throughout the schedule, you're going to have to play the Bucks. You're going to play the Celtics multiple times. You're going to play the Suns. You're going to play the Warriors. Like, real quick, you're going to turn around and play the Warriors. Saturday night in the Hive. Back-to-back, Steph coming to town. You're going to play those teams. So there's plenty of losses on the schedule. Don't create new losses for yourself by dropping a game to a winless Magic team missing five of their rotation players. Do not do that. But that's exactly what the Hornets did. Can't use the excuse that the Hornets weren't healthy. That's something that people have leaned on, fans have leaned on, media has leaned on early in the season. Well, just wait until the Hornets are healthy. Good performance. Hornets aren't even healthy. Well, they played hard even though, you know, just wait until they get healthy. The Magic weren't healthy. So this isn't a game where the Hornets can really use that excuse. The Magic weren't healthy either. And they gave it to Charlotte. They gave it to them. PJ, play better. Contract year for you. We can't have five, one, zero, zero, and three from you when we're missing LaMelo, Terry, and Cody. And this team needs you. And you're playing an inferior opponent. I was big on the PJ hype train over the summer in wake of the Miles Bridges situation coming to light and it be seemingly looking like the Hornets will be without him this season. I thought PJ would have the opportunities to step in and pick up a lot of that production, those opportunities, because PJ early in his career has shown that he can knock down threes. He's a plus defender. And so as long as he bought into a role, and he played that well, I thought that he would be able to make up a lot of that production and be a player that we see a leap from. Not not a giant Miles Bridges 
Bryant-esque jump that we saw from him because P.J. doesn't play the same way. He's not going to be around the rim. He's not going to be just giving, you know, finishing at the rim and attacking the rim and playing the same style of basketball. But what he does well with the increased opportunities, I thought that P.J. Washington would see an increase in production. Now, it's still early. I think P.J. is going to be fine, but he cannot have performances like he had last night. It's unacceptable, especially in a contract year where he's betting on himself. <laughs> you got you got to be better than that, P.J. You have to. Ubre, play better, man. It is also a contract year for you. We cannot have these Jekyll and Hyde performances from Kelly Oubre on a night-to-night basis. He returned to 2021-2022, Kelly, last night, where he stated earlier in the season in a halftime interview with Ashley Shamity, just getting back to old Kelly, attacking more, not settling, looking for the best play. He reverted back to chucking threes. Early in the shot clock, defender in his face, pulling it, and they weren't falling. Now, shooters are always going to continue to shoot, but Kelly is extremely streaky when it comes to shooting. And so I would have liked for him to attack more. There was a lot of length in the paint, so I do believe that what the Magic were doing was affecting the Hornets. But at the same time, you can't settle for early in the shot clock threes that aren't just wide open. The Hornets weren't working. They they never put pressure on the Magic defense. They made it easy for Orlando. Hayward, play better. I know some of you may be like, oh, my gosh, here we go again. Like, everybody's always hating on Hayward. Like, here we go. He had to mention this. Look, this is why I say this. If you look at his stats, Hayward played fine. He hit some early shots last night. He did some good things. Went 18 and 6 last night on over 50% from the field. Stats look fine. But you as the leader of this team with LaMelo and Terry out can't be down 21 at halftime because Gordon played most of the minutes in the first half. He sat for a stretch, but he played for most of the first half. I don't have the exact minutes that he played in front of me. But you have to lead this team in their absence. And this was a little bit of what I was saying the other night after the Knicks game. Gordon has to lead this team when the other leaders are not there. That's why he gets paid what he does. That's why he was brought to Charlotte. This calming presence, this this guy, this player who can settle the team, get them into their sets, get a bucket when the team needs it, make good decisions. We needed that last night. We did not get that. Individually, you look at the stats, sure. 
He played fine. But then when you look at the reality of the game, down 21 to a young Magic team, missing multiple players, we need more. We need more. This was the first time. So these last two games have reminded me, and I'd have to say probably reminded many of you as well, of previous Charlotte Hornet seasons. Losing an overtime game. Didn't win a an overtime game last season. So losing another overtime game. Losing a game against an inferior opponent who's not healthy. Has you thinking of previous Hornet seasons. And so I... I don't want to go off the deep end here because there's still a lot to be excited about. The team has played well. Well, the team played well the first three games, maybe four. If you want to throw in the Knicks game, they were there. They had a chance to win. Just didn't in the end. Cannot say that they played well against the Magic, obviously. But there are still some positives to take away from the first four games of the season and to be excited about moving forward. But at the same time, the Hornets just haven't gotten the job done these last two games. And so will that change once they are healthy? Of course. LaMelo can't wait for, wait for him to be back. Need LaMelo. Terry, he's that guy that you can give the ball to when you need a bucket especially down the stretch of games. He's been one of the more clutch players in the league over the last few seasons. We're missing that. We're missing that right now. But that will improve as the Hornets become more and more healthy. Warriors tonight. Steph and Co are coming to the Hive, to the Spectrum Center, take on the Charlotte Hornets. Steph Curry has not played particularly well in recent trips to Charlotte. His hometown, out of the last five matchups against the Warriors in Charlotte, Steph has only played in two of them. He's been inactive in three of those contests. And in the two in which he has played, he shot 31% from the field last season. And then he shot 28% from the field in the other performance that he had. The Hornets have won three straight in Charlotte against the Warriors, surprisingly. Last year, you had that battle early on in the season. It was in November. Had the Terry Rozier, Draymond Green jump ball. Hornets won it. Terry out jumps Draymond. Hornets win. Big win early in the season. Then in the middle of the COVID year, where fans weren't really allowed into the arenas, except a small number, Terry Rozier hit the game-winning shot to give the Hornets the win. And then back in 2019, the Hornets won that contest in the Hive as well. So three straight wins in Charlotte for the Hornets over the Warriors. It would not surprise me one bit to see the Hornets rebound and win tonight. 
because that's what we've seen over these past few seasons. And as I just stated, the Hornets are giving off those, those vibes from previous seasons where they play well, a couple guys go out, they play hard, they do some things. But then these last two games have me – they're really reminding me of previous seasons. It would not surprise me if the Hornets win tonight. It also wouldn't surprise me if they lose by 20. Okay. Now, I will caveat that by saying this. I do believe under Steve Clifford that this is a different team. We have seen signs of that. Last night's performance was atrocious. It was awful. But hopefully this team is ready to get back on the floor to get that awful performance behind them, get that taste out of their mouth. We don't have to sit in this one. The Hornets do not have to sit in last night's result. They get to get right right back on the floor and put it behind them. And the Hornets, like many other teams, will get up for a game at home against the reigning champs. And so I actually expect a decent performance from the Hornets tonight. I really do. Kenny Atkinson is back as well. This is a big storyline. Kenny Atkinson's first time back in Charlotte after becoming the de facto head coach and accepting the position just before backing out and saying, nah, I'm going to stay in Golden State. I'm going to be this assistant coach. My family, it's not best for my family to move them to Charlotte at this point. I want to stay in Golden State. I like what I have. I like what I got going on. I'm just going to stay in the Bay Area. This is where my family wants to be. This is where I want to be. Just two days before Halloween, it should be a boo fest when Kenny Atkinson comes out onto the floor. That was such a dad joke. That was so bad. That was so bad. Right, 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 right. I'm, 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 I'm a dad, so I mean, I'm allowed to give those out. So, But yeah. Boo that man. Boo that man tonight. If you are in the hive tonight, boo that man. Now, look, 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 look. I know. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just boo the guy. Cool, cool, whatever. All right. Kenny Atkinson, in, in all, just, just truthfully, Kenny Atkinson did the Hornets dirty. He did. Whether it was the right decision or not, he did not handle it professionally. And that's just the matter of, that's the fact of the matter. Kenny Atkinson did not handle the situation regarding the head coaching position of the Charlotte Hornets professionally. He had weeks that included multiple interviews and plenty of opportunities to have discussions with his family about taking the position before accepting it just to say, nah, I'm good. He had weeks for that. The Hornets took their precious time, just like all things that happened surrounding this Hornets offseason. The front office from the Charlotte Hornets took their time with everything, including their coaching hire. Kenny Atkinson, had multiple opportunities to mull over if this is what he wanted, if he wanted to be the head coach of the Charlotte Hornets. 
And so to accept, just to eventually decline? Nah. Get out of here, Kenny. Get out of here. So rain down the booze tonight. Make it that boo fest that I just stated. All right? If you're in the hive, raise them high. That's going to do it for today. Thank you for tuning in. Adios. See you guys next time. Thanks for listening to Hive Hoops. Presented by The League. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave a review and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks again from Hive Hoops. Hoops.